everyone's heard of the role of perfumer, but there are lots of other jobs within the fragrance industry that we hear very little about, from people who write brand copy, through to distributors, evaluators, and hundreds of other roles besides. Our guest today has one of these slightly more hidden roles. Working for one of the UK's leading fragrance distributors and responsible for clients like Barber, You, Misguided, 1667 and Icon, we're joined today by a brand manager, Letitia Cedar, from Percent. Hi, Letitia. How are you today? Well, good. How are you? Great. Thank you. So you're a brand manager for Percent, as we've said. What does a brand manager do exactly? It's a very good question. I ask myself <laughs> that question a lot. <laughs> um, we do a bit of everything. So essentially, a brand manager is responsible for the brand. Um, and that that encompasses a lot of things. So from conce- conceiving, basically, the initial idea, the product, really kind of like putting on paper what the direction you want the brand to have. And then as a result, how will the product translate that direction? Uh, so that's usually like the core of the role and the first step. And then from that, there's a lot of other steps. So once you've launched your products, obviously campaign management is a big part of it. Um, you know, press events. So just basically being an ambassador for the brand, representing the brand. But the fun part is that you actually got to create it, uh, to conceive it in your mind. So it all aligns. Yeah, that's really interesting. So a company will come to you and say, look, we're thinking of doing a fragrance and you'll kind of help them shape that. And, you know, is it right down to things like saying, well, I think you need to do a citrusy fragrance or a woody fragrance, you know, that fits with your your brand kind of ethic? Exactly. So it's really from an initial brief, an initial idea, kind of thinking how will how can we retranslate that into the fragrance? Um, meaning that we work with a lot of experts. I'm very lucky to work with very, very uh, high quality experts. Um, so if I'm thinking of a fragrance and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this one is a summery fragrance. I want something fresh. I can give pointers as to the ingredients I want in there. And sometimes, oftentimes, the experts come back to me saying, actually, this ingredient might even be better. So it really is a discussion, a constant discussion and an exchange on how to better translate the original idea you had. Yeah, that's fabulous. And and how did you get into that? It's a good question. Um, I started, I'm originally from Paris. Um, I started my career in the food industry. So quite different but at the same time there are similarities um and then I went to do the cosmetic industry I started with skincare which I absolutely loved um I loved the technicity of it um and then fragrance was kind of a natural progression I was always a brand manager but fragrance it's the whole storytelling and really transmitting all these emotions that really appealed to me um and yeah that's how it happened really yeah, it's really interesting. I think the routes that people take through their careers. And yeah, I completely um, understand what you're saying about the storytelling, because that's the bit that really interests me about fragrance as well, is how it, it and you use the word translation a few times, which I think is really interesting, because that's what it feels like. It's like a kind of translation between thoughts and ideas, between people, between um, continents, between cultures sometimes, and between the perfumer and the person who wears it. It must be really interesting to kind of sit in the middle of that. You're you're almost like the the translator in a way. You're you know, you're kind of you you're negotiating all these different elements, aren't you? Exactly. I think it's it's as a brand manager, what you want to make sure is to make sure you're always relevant. I think relevancy is the key point of my job. Um so that means relevant to the master brand or the brand you're working on and the you know, the values and the ethics. We always 
we always strive to go back to the values and make sure we're like, faithful to that. But at the same time, you want to be relevant to your consumer. And I think we've seen, obviously, the past couple of years, but even in general, consumers evolve. So it's that idea of how do you stay relevant to your brand, to your values, to your core, but at the same time evolve that so that you're still relevant to these consumers. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And what, you know, if you were to describe a typical Monday morning for us or a typical Monday, what would that look like? Oh, uh, I don't think there's a typical Monday. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it, it depends at which point of the project you are at. Um, you are at sorry. So obviously, if you start a project, um, the creativity at the beginning is really what drives everything. Um, and it might sound very cliche from everything we know from marketing and brand management, but it often starts with a brainstorm or a mood board just so that you can, again, retranslate what you have in your mind on paper and really put the ideas over there. Um, and it's kind of a classic exercise, but it really is a necessary one. Just lay it all down and then keep sometimes, a lot of times you'll have a lot of ideas and you want to hang on to them. But again, if it's not relevant, you have to get rid of them. That can be a hard part sometimes, but with time you learn to do that. Um, and then a lot of the things that we spend doing is talking with the new product development team. It's just from a packaging point of view, we care about sustainability a lot at percent. So making sure that we do sustainable uh, at the same time, we don't want to comp compromise on quality um, and premiumness. Um, so, yeah, a lot of exchanges with other departments in the business to just make sure that all the quality is always there. Um, and then, yeah, another fun part of the job, uh, which we spend a lot of time on, is creating the campaign. So once you have the product in mind, once you have the brand aligned with it, just how are you going to communicate all of that to people? And that's when the campaigning starts. So that's going to be shooting um, oftentimes on shoots. Um, but it can also be, you know, like press, contacting the press and explaining to the press how the product is and why we made it that way. Yeah, it seems like... Um... A lot of the jobs I've come across in the fragrance industry kind of marry this creativity, but with a real kind of sense of pragmatism. Mm -hmm. And it seems like perhaps that is really well encapsulated in your role because you've got the kind of creative elements of being on shoots and helping people form these briefs for sense. But at the same time, I imagine you've got to be quite organised if you, you know, you're juggling several projects at once and you're contacting the press and, you know, you're kind of keeping record and all that stuff. Is that fair, do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You think creativity is, as I said, the start of it, but you need to make sure, especially once you have, when you have several brands, um, several new products, even within a brand, is just to make sure that, as you said, you're organised enough that everything kind of flows um, and that when you communicate your ideas and your product, everything makes sense. The last thing you want, obviously, is to launch something and then go back on what you, you know, meant to have out there. Um, so, yeah, um, the planning part is a huge part of the job. Mm. And how do you keep yourself kind of creatively engaged? You know, how do you kind of creatively recharge so that you've got all this, um, you know, kind of creative energy to give to the brands? Like what, what is it that you do to top yourself up? Um, I think it's interesting. It's, it can be everything and anything, really. Um, it can be going in stores, different stores, seeing different brands. And just I think a big part of it is just trying to keep um, with the trends and looking at the trends and what your consumer want and what they, they want and like. Um, that's a huge part of it. And I mean, 
we spend a lot of time on social media because we're very consumer centric. So again, we get a lot of inspiration from consumers um, and everything we see on social media. But depending on the brand, it's depending on the value and the core of the brand. That's how you get inspiration. So if I have a brand that's particularly young, obviously social media is a great way to get inspiration. If I am something very traditional, going in store or going to art exhibitions, all these kind of things really help. Um, so it's really finding inspiration everywhere and anywhere. And oftentimes we just have epiphanies out of nowhere <laughs> and think, okay, this is it. This is what we needed to get it started. Um, yeah. so yeah that's that's the fun part of it yeah and it, as you said you work across a, a sort of portfolio of brands and they could be quite different to one another um how do you get under the skin of each brand and kind of put yourself in the mindset of that consumer obviously you've said social media is one way but um I imagine you're sort of changing between perhaps a young consumer one minute mm-hmm. an older consumer the next how how do you get into their mindset and under the skin of the brands yeah it's a lot of observations I come from a marketing background and it's kind of marketing 101 is observe your consumer um, read about your consumer so it's going to be a lot of reports um, and there are a lot of databases out there in the internet that would kind of give you profiles for your consumers but that's also why I like going in store quite a lot because there's nothing best better than observation and people just can tell you so much by their language, their corporal language, or even actually asking them questions and exchanging with them. So I think the key thing is really observation, whether, you know, online or um, in store or in real life. Yeah. So if we uh, if we're all out shopping and we see somebody kind of stood at the, the kind of perfume counter just watching, we might think, hmm. Might be a, a brand manager there. <laughs> <laughs> it might very much be. <laughs> um. Uh, are some of your brands harder to kind of get into and promote than others or do you find that quite easy to you know kind of jump yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's actually one of my the favorite aspect of my job it's knowing that you know you can go from one thing to another so as a consequence you never get bored um I guess it's it's a if mild form of schizophrenia really (laughs) just kind of like change mindset and change kind of personality when needed um and as a result, I find it quite motivating and thrilling, which really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that some some brands are harder than the other ones because you get to a point where you study them so hard or because it comes from your own brain to begin with, it gets to a point where it's just natural, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how do brands come to you in the first place? Do you seek them out um, or do they find you? And, and when you've connected, how do you work out if you're going to be a good fit for each other? Um, that's a good question. It it really depends on the brand. It can be, you know, going to a trade show and then, you know, contacting each other. As I said, we originally, Percent is originally a distribution business. So it might be, you know, long time relationships and then moving on to the next step is how, what can we actually do together? Um, so it really depends on the brand. Um, and then in terms of the fit, it really is, you know, they come to us saying we need creativity. We need some someone who can make relevant fragrance um, and then we basically kind of show them a snapshot of what we can do what we've done in the past and then from there it kind of happens yeah brilliant it's sort of the magic the magic exactly. is allowed to... <laughs> um and of your portfolio of brands at the minute do you think there are I mean obviously you're going to say all of them are producing wonderful fragrances but are there any that are particularly a little bit under the radar that you think you know I kind of wish more people knew about them because they're really good 
I, it, it kind of depends. We do a lot of own brands. So obviously the brands that exist out there already, especially if it's fashion brands, everyone kind of has them in mind. Um, we do a few own brands. Um, and I think one that's proven particularly successful is Icon, um, which, you know, kind of lies on the on the principle of sustainability. And again, we talked about it before. I think it's becoming more and more of a priority for people. Um, so Icon definitely answers that question of sustainable fragrances and there are beautiful fragrances and we've only gotten wonderful feedback. So, yeah, that would be one of the ones. Super. It's just one for people to perhaps go and check out if they haven't already. Um, what What is the best part of your job as far as you're concerned? What's What's the bit that you really enjoy? I think, yeah, as I said, it's the creativity, just being able to switch from one brand to another and just be on a completely different mindset because, yeah, it, you literally, you cannot get bored in that job. It's impossible. <laughs> I dare anyone to be bored in that job. There's always something going on. And that's the beauty of it is you may, you can have just done a launch and you've just finished with your launch and it went great. Um, and then immediately you already have an idea for what's mm-hmm. next. And that's why I really like seeing the brand evolve um, and just, yeah, always being busy, really. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like when, you know, I kind of imagine there was perhaps a day when you were, I, I'm right in thinking you're based in Manchester, is that right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were perhaps, um, you know, walking around the Trafford Centre and you walked past somebody who smelt of one of the fragrances that you'd helped develop from start mm-hmm. to finish. What was that like? Oh, that's the best feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's so rewarding. Um, it has happened, to be honest, that I would ask someone, oh, actually, can I, do you mind if I can ask which fragrance you're wearing? And they would tell me about it. Um, and it's quite interesting asking people what they like about the fragrance because you will always, always get different answers because mm. the way that people react to fragrance is so subjective. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I cannot stop but uh, smiling really hard and bragging anytime I see a, one of the fragrances <laughs> I've helped I love to install. Yeah, I imagine that was really, really satisfying, like a really proud moment. Exactly, it really is. <laughs> And and you know you, you sort of mentioned going to trade fairs. Do you do you get to jet off to a lot of the uh, fragrance conferences and trade fairs and things? Um, yeah. So obviously the couple of years um, behind us have been you know a bit um, difficult because um, obviously we weren't traveling. Um, so it's starting again this year, and again it's very interesting to meet people directly so that you have direct feedback and to be honest as I said we evolve into the brands evolve um, and there are a lot of things that we can actually improve when we have direct feedback from all these people we meet at trade shows Um, and at the same time it's kind of like a hub uh, for creativity and innovation so it's always interesting to see what's out there on the market and to discuss with you know other brands just because you know, it is an industry at the end of the day. So it's quite interesting to be able to exchange with these people face-to-face. Yeah. yeah. And are perfumers, you know, when you when you sort of got your brief and you're working with the perfumer to, um, to kind of make that product and then finesse it, what is it, you know, we've talked to perfumers on the podcast before, but I wonder what it's like working with them. You know, are they are they interesting people to work with? Are they difficult to work with? How how do you view that, that kind of interaction from your side of things? It's fascinating. It's, uh, it's it, Yeah, I think fascinating the word. Um, I really believe that fragrance is an art um, and these people are artists. I have been lucky enough, touch wood, that I've never worked with a difficult perfumer per se. Um, 
but yeah, it is quite, it's, it's fascinating and even humbling in a way, because obviously working in the industry, you kind of make a lot of assumptions. You, you come with ideas and because you've nurtured these ideas, you're really close to them sometimes. And it's quite interesting to have an expert and an artist opinion about your ideas and working together to kind of make it work. Um, as I said in the beginning, oftentimes you come with preconceived ideas saying, I really think we should have citrus in this one in the top because X, Y, Z. And then the way they actually tell you, well, we could tweak this, we could down this, up that, put it here. And then it just works so beautifully in the end. It's it's a wonderful job. I wish I had their skills, to be honest. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, and, we, you know, we've sort of touched on trends and things. You know, what do you think is going to happen next with the industry? And are you predicting any specific, you know, what's your hot takes for what's going to happen in 2022? a good question i think it it can go two ways um so one way obviously we've had two years of you know uh, constraints and lockdown so it could go that people go completely out and want fragrances that kind of like matches their mood to go out and go a bit crazy um or it could go that obviously we've realized that in lockdown we realized that we could go back to what's essential um and again you see a lot of fragrances retranslating this so I think again it will depend on the brand the brands that were already out there will go all out all mad I think Uh, and then the brands that were already conservative and traditional might just do that refocus on essentials but yeah that's gonna again it'll be very interesting to work on the two sides of the spectrum yeah yeah I think um I think something's going to happen because you you're absolutely right the um the last couple of years have been so depressing in a way you know Mm. the launches haven't been able you know a lot of launches were paused at first and then they started happening but much more kind of um virtually and I'm really interested to see what the trade fairs in 2022 are like because I I think it will be really interesting that Mm -hmm. um plus you know throwing into the mix the the kind of UK fragrance market we've been through COVID but we've also been through Brexit as well Mm -hmm. um I I feel like it's I'm sort of watching with bated breath to see and I hope it is like you say this kind of uh, certainly I hope that there's a sector of it that is really effervescent and really out there because mm-hmm. um it feels like we maybe need a bit of shaking up after 2 Absolutely. years of being at home all the time like <laughs> yes we do <laughs> <laughs> So yeah so hopefully um hopefully we'll get to witness some of that really cool and ex- exciting times mm-hmm. um has working in the fragrance industry changed uh, how you think about and how you wear fragrance yourself? And I mean, do you still enjoy and wear scent? Um, yeah, I do. It's quite interesting. I think I um, I always used to wear the same fragrance. I'm not going to lie. It's a fragrance that was gifted to me by my father when I was in my late teens. And I kind of always stuck to it because I think there's an emotional value to it. Um, and it's interesting working in the fragrance industry. I realized that I I actually own so many fragrances because I now have a different fragrance for a different mood. Um, and I don't think I even realize it in the morning if I put it on. It's maybe at the end of the day or when I get comments thinking, oh, you've, you've changed fragrance. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, I haven't. I always wear it. But I really think there's a mood thing um, for my fragrances. And then obviously seasons. I've recently moved to the country and I'm still getting used to British weather. <laughs> <laughs> and the British weather has a huge impact on which fragrance I'm choosing or not, depending on the season. So yeah. I think it's like this for a lot of people. 
think most people kind of like switch in between the fragrances depending on seasons or moments of the day um, or their mood. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's very true. And I think it's an experience that a lot of listeners will um, identify with as well. You know, I, th- I think, you know, me personally, I was really similar. I had one fragrance and I was it was gifted to me by my grandma, actually. Um, and I, I wore that for, you know, a lot of years when I was growing up and then um, started to think, well, I'd like something else and really struggled to find anything that particularly appealed to me and then accidentally fell into the sort of niche end of the market and just was like a kid in a candy store after that and just it's amazing but you're so right the weather um you know we have listeners from all over the world and um the weather in Yorkshire particularly and the north of the UK is uh, we get a lot of rain I think that's fair to say isn't it it's quite damp uh, and it's quite cool a lot of the time and in the summer it's not you know we do have nice sunny weather but it tends to be short-lived um (laughs) A lot of mist and, yeah, mist yep. and drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I would miss that. <laughs> but the interesting thing I always find about the damper weather is that it makes fragrance carry really well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, I was out walking my dog early the other morning and it was really misty. And um, the, the sort of scent trails of people were mm-hmm. so much more pronounced. And so I think, actually, it's probably quite a good country to wear fragrance in because it, yeah. it doesn't get... <laughs> doesn't get kind of obliterated by the heat really quickly or anything. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I hope I hope you grow to love British weather because um, it's definitely a feature of life here. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting used to it. It's uh, yeah, it's growing into me. So yeah. <laughs> and and what what scents are your favourites at the moment? Um, it's an interesting one. I think at the moment, and that's the other nice part about working in the industry I think oftentimes or at least in my case for a long time I had labeled myself as loving a particular family but obviously working on fragrances you kind of discover all new scents and even new ingredients um, and it kind of opens your consideration set um, so I think at the moment and again it might be due to the weather um, but yes spicy fragrances appeal to me much more than they've actually ever had uh, and the reason for that is probably that I've always stayed away from it thinking I didn't like them and working on them they're kind of my my new favorite at the moment but yeah. I expect it to change at any point. Yeah any particular sense in a specific sense that you want to shout out? Um, not particularly a scent in a fragrance um, but a note I think cardamom there's something about mm. cardamom that I which is amusing because I'm not a huge fan of cardamom as a food ingredient but yeah cardamom I can always spot it and I really really like it um mm. so yeah that would be that would be my my favorite at the minute yeah I, I'm a big fan of cardamom as well it's um beautiful and I, I just I can't get enough of it actually it's <laughs> superb fabulous um Last question in the sensible section is, are there any misconceptions about working in the fragrance industry that um, you would like to correct and you'd like more people to know the truth about? Oh, that's a good one. Um, It might be because I'm in my bubble. I don't, I can't think of any misconception. If you have any in mind, I'll be very happy to prove you wrong, hopefully. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't, I, I haven't witnessed anyone having a particularly particular bias um against the fragrance industry so mm. far, far um good. one that came up when i was talking to a perfumer once was she said that she felt that um sometimes people when they invited her round to their houses you know she would 
they would be thinking, oh, I must make it smell nice because um, she might be judging me on how my home smells. And um, another one that I've heard is that um, if you work in the fragrance industry or if you're kind of a perfumer or if you're evaluating scents, you can't eat spicy food or garlic because it or you know it kind of comes out on your skin so that it affects the way the fragrance performs. Um, right. So yeah, I think there are there's there's these things lurking around, which is quite yeah, it's quite <laughs> nice and quite interesting to. Go I on. will go on a garlic free diet for a while, and I will let you know if it changed everything. <laughs> anything, um, obviously, being French, garlic is a huge part of my life. But I will I will do the exercise, and I'll let you know. <laughs> brilliant thank you so on to the quick fire questions if you right. don't mind um what's your favorite smell my favorite smell um it's gonna sound very cliche but i'm walking out the window it is a bit misty and i think it's that when you come out of an indoor um, indoor space it's that kind of like wet misty kind of smell so it's not an ingredient in itself but it's just that kind of like morning freshness yeah, uh, but there's something comforting about it as well. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, what smells do you dislike? Uh, I don't know if I should say it. I struggle with very powdery mm. um, scents. I've I've always struggled with it. Um, and they can be a lot of beauty in a powdery fragrance because obviously fragrance is all, all about how things go together and, you know, like pair. Uh, but yeah, pow- very powdery and powdery only I struggle with. Yeah, I think um, there might be something where some people are really sensitive to that because you're the second person I've spoken to recently who said, mm. um, I like it, but if it gets too much, I feel really sensitised to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wonder if there's a particular ingredient that some people, you know, kind of turns them Spartan. off. Spartan, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, if you could go anywhere and smell anything from any point in history, where would you go and what would you smell? Oh, um might be very weird and not particularly appealing uh but any point in history i'd probably go to a prince concert <laughs> and yeah it's it, it it's the buzzing atmosphere uh, and i'm sure it wouldn't be the most appealing scent but yeah i don't know i've always wondered what it would be like from a sensorial experience for all senses to be at a prince concert and sadly i can't but yeah <laughs> what a one. fantastic answer <laughs> <laughs> I love that question because people really um, surprise me with it, <laughs> you know, with their answers to it. It's brilliant. Um, what do you think fear smells like? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I wouldn't know. Well, I mean, I, I have experienced fear, uh, but I feel like fear is always something that we feel maybe in the stomach or in the heart. And I've never really thought about it in the sense of smell. Um, I think something unknown because I like sight or um, listening to something. The, the smelling sense is something that we don't pay attention to that much. So we know what we like, we know what we dislike. But I feel like smelling something in unknown is probably quite scary because you don't know, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. Um, what scent transports you to a strong olfactive memory, and where does it take you? Um. I would say anything very sweet. So I've always liked very sweet fragrances. Um, And I think, again, maybe very cliche, but I used to bake a lot uh, being younger with my family. And it's just 
that kind of like energy of sugar everywhere around and then us eating the sweets and being unbearable for the rest of the evening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it immediately just takes me back to these family moments of just being together all together, really. Brilliant. Uh, what fragrance are you wearing right now? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not wearing any fragrance because I'm working from home. <laughs> uh, and I woke up not that long ago. Um, but yeah, I will go out tonight and I'm in a, I'm probably in a, in an icon mood. Just because, as I said, I'm very big into cardamom at the moment and I have a couple of fragrance with cardamom in it. So that probably would be the one. Fantastic. Uh, what does summer smell of to you? Ah, summer. Um Again, sweet. I have songs in my head. You said summer and I just had a lot of songs. Watermelon sugar in my <laughs> head. So yeah, I guess sugar is the one. Um, and I do eat a lot of watermelon. So that would be the one. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite food smell? Is it watermelon? <laughs> it isn't watermelon. Uh, it probably is basil. Mm. Um, I've, I've always, I'm not a very green-handed person I struggle with planting and growing things but I've finally managed to grow basil and I feel like as a result there will always be my favorite smell and it is a beautiful smell and a smell that I don't think a perfumer has yet managed to kind of recreate satisfactorily Um, but yeah it's beautiful Uh, what smell reminds you of school um oh rubber I don't know if like you know when you rubber rubber um yeah that that would be the one immediately <laughs> yeah yeah and finally if scientists were to invent a smellophone who would you ring first <laughs> um who would i ring first that's a very good question ah, probably my mum i think it's one of these i i i've never worn her perfumes because in my head it's my mum's and they're beautiful but they're hers um and then yeah I just I, they're just like ping in my head so she'd probably be the first one brilliant uh and if listeners want to for, find out more about percent where should we send them to uh, yeah so you can send them to um percent.com um and then you know we as I said we have a few brands so all, all of the brands you've mentioned um earlier um you can just google these and then we'll just pop up Wonderful. Letitia, it's been so interesting talking to you. We've got a real insight into a a sort of slightly lesser explored um, aspect of the fragrance industry. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Sniff Perfume Podcast is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, or Twitter with the same handle. If you'd like to support our work, please find me on Buy Me A Coffee. The web address is buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Sniff. Our guest today was Letitia Cedar from Percent. We weren't paid in cash or in kinds to feature Letitia or the brand. Thanks very much for listening, and join us again soon for another episode of the Sniff Perfume Podcast. <laughs>